0: Sometimes when you're in the middle of nowhere and you're new to that place, like we were uh, in Stites, you know, I'm from Idaho, but Stites is another level of rural. And, uh, you know, when you drive in, people stare at you like, who are you and what are you here for? And if you have a host that is sort of, you know, on your side and there for you, you feel so much safer in in the area. And so that's one other thing that we try to do for our guests, even though we're not there physically for them is just make sure that they feel like it's an inclusive place. Um, you know, we've got your back if you need anything. And so I think safety is something that, you know, even if we don't talk about it out loud, is in our minds a lot as, you know, we're a queer interracial family. and So we really have to think a lot about where we stay and where we go, you know, and, and make sure that the people that are going to be there are going to not cause us problems.
1: Welcome to Behind the Stays, a podcast that shares the stories behind your favorite Airbnbs and the hosts who've made them memorable. Behind the Stays is brought to you by Spontaneous, a free weekly newsletter that brings you a carefully curated list of last minute deals and upcoming steals on Airbnb. Sign up at spontaneous.com. I'm your host, Zach Boozy Cruz. Enjoy the show. Just a moment, you'll meet Laura Gentry and Carolani Sandberg, the creators of the Sagecliff Satori a luxurious Airbnb cabin in Quincy, Washington. Laura and Carolani are what you might call experience optimizers. They love to travel, try new restaurants, and explore off the beaten paths, but they can't help but do so with a critical eye. They often ask each other, what would you do differently if you owned this space? Or how might you enhance this experience to make it even more memorable? Carolani had decided that it was time to sell her townhouse and explore the possibility of a new rental property, one that she and her family could use for short-term rentals. One afternoon, Laura and Carolani were having lunch with a few friends who worked in real estate investments, and the bunch started chatting about up-and-coming neighborhoods in and around the greater Seattle area. But none of these areas particularly compelled Laura and Carolani. Right before lunch wrapped up, one of their friends casually mentioned a new development out in Quincy, Washington, which was about two and a half hours east of Seattle. This development was to feature a collective of luxury condos that overlooked the Columbia River Gorge. And while they didn't know it at the time, that moment was the genesis of what would become the Sage Cliff Satori. Tune in to hear the inspiring story of how Laura and Carolani Brought one of the most incredible and magical stays available on the Airbnb platform to life. Laura and Carolani, welcome to Behind the Stays. It's good to have you both here.
0: Thank you for having us. Thank you. you. you.
1: I'm excited for to talk to you guys and uh, really dive into this conversation. And what I want to do before we l- hear a little bit more about the story behind your Airbnb is I want to hear about your first experience with Airbnb. Where were you guys going? What was that experience like? Uh, anything particularly memorable about that, uh, that moment? Yeah, well, uh, you
0: know... We were talking about this and struggling a little bit to remember which one specifically was our first because we realized that we had done lots of short term rentals uh, prior to getting into Airbnb specifically. Uh, so we stayed, we did this fantastic trip uh, to France and stayed at a short term rental in Paris and then some, you know, bed and breakfasts in the south of France. And so that was our first sort of introduction to short-term rentals and man we fell in love so hard <laughs> oh my god uh, it, it was incredible yeah i think though our first airbnb was in portland okay um and i can't quite remember why we went down we go down to portland quite a bit so i can't quite remember what the trip was for but uh we needed a place to stay and we rented this uh you know kind of a newer townhome in, uh, in a neighborhood there. And I wasn't really expecting too much out of it, but it ended up being a fantastic experience. Um, it was designed, it was owned and designed by a Nike shoe designer who had examples of his work all over his home. And so it was just covered in Nike shoes that he had designed and it was super, super fun. And, uh, you know, Carolani and I were talking about how it was just so full of personality that you can really see him in the place. Um, and so that place really made an impact on us. I think that was our first proper Airbnb stay. day.
2: Yeah, that one really, um, really struck a chord because like Laura was saying, it was the first real personality we'd seen in a rental hmm. and it kind of um, opened the door for me on like, oh, wow, it can be, you can create a really specific space you know uh, for other people and they will love it because you know it's like dropping into somebody else's life Hmm. you know and a lot of airbnbs can be kind of generic on purpose you know like try to be like a motel or you know keep it simple and easy and and accessible for lots of people are used to but having such a personalized space was really cool for me and us and um it just kind of it opened the door on some possibilities, I think,
0: yeah, the other thing about it that really struck me was uh the fact that he shared those shoes with his guests, you know that he had them out to look at and touch i mean they weren 't mm. behind a glass key or anything. he fully trusted his guests to take care of his precious, precious home and his items, and i I really respected that level of trust that he put in his guests
1: that's a That's an awesome story, and I'm curious. Based off of your guys's travels previously, your your stays and other short-term rentals, it sounds like this was a a little bit of a different experience, right? Like you use the word like you're dropping in on somebody's life, and would you would you say that that's sort of been been true of your stays in Airbnb compared to sort of you know pre Airbnb or not quite?
0: Um, you know, I think. Carolani and I uh, seek out unique experiences. And so I think it's been pretty consistent that the places we've stayed at both prior to Airbnb and Airbnb have been uh, have been places that have opened our minds to what a rental vacation rental can be. Hmm. Um, the, The other two that we were talking about that we stayed at after that one, they were both through Airbnb And one that was really, really special to me was, uh, on Defusky Island in South, uh, Carolina. This is a place that's really hard to get at. You have to charter a boat to get there. Um, this is, uh, you know, an Island that was settled by former slaves of our country who were basically abandoned there during the civil war. And so they created their whole own culture, their whole own, uh, community. And, and then, you know, it, After years and years of that, it started, homes started to deteriorate. And so they've created this trust, this fund to come in and fix these homes up and then rent them out on Airbnb so that uh, when the the rehabilitation of the home was paid for through Airbnb proceeds, then these homes will go back to these families that really should have owned them the whole time so that experience was incredible because uh you know we chartered a boat to get there we saw dolphins on the way we saw, we dolphins, saw, dolphins, we saw dolphins swimming around away. us <laughs> 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 yeah and then and then we got there the only way to travel the island is golf carts um you know and gas golf cart at that so they're just like chunky little golf carts you you feel lucky <laughs> that you make it to the other end of the island with it it was pitch black at night and you could hear crocodiles and all kinds of things in the in the marsh behind the house. I mean, it was an incredible experience. Wow. Wow. And then uh oh, the other one that I wanted to share too was uh the I think the one that probably uh solidified for Carolani and I the kind of place we wanted to have if we could ever have a place was up in the mountains of northern Idaho in this place called Stites. Yeah, and uh we had gone because carolani's father passed away and it was for uh a memorial there oh wow and we found this place just gosh it was literally at the top of a mountain he had been a retired uh forest service or a firefighter for the forest service for like 30 40 years and uh owned this property with horses and land. And he had this base or this garage, you know, this extra space. And he was kind of a lonely guy. His kids grew up and moved away and he and his wife divorced. And so we were up there staying in his garage, our little family. And uh, I think Carolani put it really well that he was really emotionally available for us. He, you know, wow. he had all the basics of the place. He had what we needed. But uh, when we came home from the memorial that day, he had made us a cherry pie, that wow. he that he had picked the cherries from his own tree, you know unbelievable and
1: unbelievable
0: I know also and that was and also, just like go ahead, and also um
2: he uh you know he knew why we were there, he knew we were there for a funeral, and um so like he was just like he took care of us, and you know he wasn't bothered by the fact that so much family came over, hmm. you know sometimes in airbnbs it, they're get like, whoa, that's too many people. But he understood the situation. He you know, was kind to everybody. Our son is all over the place. He's a real, little, young whippersnapper at that point. And he was all in their horses and everywhere. And, <laughs> he ran through um, his house.
0: <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
2: playing with his dogs. He just, he was really, he took care of us wow. in such a personal, emotional way. And that really, that really struck, struck a chord. <laughs>
0: Yeah. Shout out to Dennis.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Dennis. <laughs> I, yeah, we'll have to, we'll have to call him up or something and, uh, or send him this to, to, to thank him. Um, that's remarkable. Yeah. And I, I feel like that's very, uh, that's very akin to several of the experiences that my wife and I have had. And there, there is something that is, is special. Like, don't get me wrong. We also love going to places where it's, you know, just us and there's no one else around, but there's some, there is something special about staying in a place where, the host either lives you know uh, in a house nearby or you know it's even sort of like a mother-in-law suite off of the core house there there is something special when you do get to interact with hosts and hear yeah. their story and um it feels it feels so much more personal than than just a quick you know hotel stay and um some of our favorite stays have been the ones where Uh, we've been able to interact with the host even if it's just quickly right like little you know hello and there's a a little gift basket and whatnot um so yeah there's something to be said for for sort of the human factor that uh plays a huge role in the overall experience of the stay
0: absolutely and And, oh go
2: ahead and that just really touched us and um and so when we had our own place, we knew we wanted to take care of people in that same way, even if we weren't going to be physically present, we wanted them to know, like, we're here for you. We got you. Also, what are you there for? We got you for that, too. You know, like, (laughs) you know, we'll put up balloons if it's your birthday or, you know, like, let us help you celebrate or let us help you, you know, write your dissertation, you know, like, whatever you're doing here, (laughs) like, we can let us help you. (laughs)
0: Let us take care of you. The other thing that your comments made me think about, Zach, was the element of safety, you Mm. know, that sometimes when you're in the middle of nowhere and you're new to that place, like we were uh, in Stites, you know, I'm from Idaho, but Stites is another level of rural and, uh, you know, when you drive in, people stare at you like, who are you and what are you here for? Huh. And if you have a host that is sort of, you know, on your side and there for you, you feel so much safer in the, in the area. And so that's one other thing that we try to do for our guests, even though we're not there physically for them, is just make sure that they feel like it's an inclusive place. Um, you know, we've got your back if you need anything. And so I think safety is something that, you know, even if we don't talk about it out loud, is in our minds a lot as, you know, we're a queer interracial family. and So we really have to think a lot about where we stay and where we go, you know, and, and make sure that the people that are going to be there are going to not cause us problems, you know, and, and that can happen. And those uh, sort of more rural situations.
1: Yeah, yeah, I can, I can imagine, and this is like a, a wonderful segue into us talking about your place. Um, and so, my wife and I were in Seattle for a couple weeks, and we were uh, needed to head back east, um, and we were going to spend some time actually in in Montana. And we're like, okay, how do we stay? We don't want to drive what's, you know, seven, eight hours from uh Seattle to I think it's like Whitefish, um, is is sort of the town that we were initially targeting. We ended up staying in Cali which is I think just outside of Whitefish, about 30 minutes or so. So we were like, we need to stop somewhere along the way. Um, but you know, we weren't entirely sure where to stop. So we're literally on Airbnb. We like zoom up on the map, zoom out on the map. <laughs> we're scrolling, we're scrolling, and we stumble upon this like ridiculously beautiful looking glass box. And my wife immediately is like, <laughs> where is this? We we, we, ha- we have to stay there. Um, and I was like, it's in Quincy, Washington. Have you ever heard of Quincy, Washington? Um, and, you know, she hadn't, neither of us had. So, uh, and as we, we get in the car and, you know, a couple days or a couple weeks after, whatever it was, and we're driving from Seattle and it's, you know, super beautiful, super lush, uh, lots of lakes, and all of a sudden, it feels like we're we're in this like beautiful but like very like arid desert, and where we all of a sudden our GPS says make a left. We turn left, and all of a sudden there's like vineyards, and we're like, where are we? Um, and you know, we, we were driving and we see the, the rows of vines and it's just, I mean, it's beautiful. And then we stumble upon this, you know, these Scandinavian looking like cluster of homes, um, where one of, uh, where, where your home is and where we ultimately stayed. So I'm curious before we dive into your home, which was unlike any experience we had ever had, um, I want to hear a little bit more about. The area. So, can you guys just talk to us about where the Sage Cliff Satori is located? And uh, let's start there before we dive into some of the features of the place that we found so special.
2: Yes. Okay. So, we have to go back to the Ice Age. <laughs> the, this area, this area of the Pacific Northwest is called the Channeled Scablands. And they were created uh, when the ice age floods uh, of the, Mizzou- the giant Lake Missoula flooded, or you know melted and then flooded and then carved out this whole area, um, just like wiping away all of the topsoil and just absolutely everything. So this whole area is just a bunch of like crazy jutting rocks and. I mean they're called the channeled scablands because that's what they are. It's just like lift, lifted uh, rocky formations uh that that are kind of hover above this uh sagebrush um floor and um it's just so different than any place that I've been. <laughs> and it's so cool and it 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 left behind all these just magnificent geo geological features hmm. um I mean the down in frenchman Coulee there's these incredible basalt columns um that people rock climb all over, and um they're actually all over the place in the area um there's just so many incredible features the the river that remains the um the ancient lakes soap lake, which is the most uh mineral diverse body of water on the planet wow (laughs) i just found this out so i'm like hyped about this information uh (laughs) nasa studied this lake because it's very similar to a lake um on mercury i believe um it's 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 a crazy place and um the only thing that lives in it are these tiny red krill (laughs) and it's just incredible um but uh yeah, so there's just so much rich, rich history. Um, and then white people
0: come. <laughs> and, then <laughs> the white people. and then the white people. And then Well, yeah, and yeah, I mean, through that geography, you know, the land saw native tribes come through that were uh, nomadic in nature because as you've been out there and you stayed sort of early summer, right, Zach?
1: Yeah, yeah, early summer.
0: Yeah. So, you know, it's dry. There's not a lot of vegetation to eat, you know, and so these tribes would travel up and down the river um, to make sure that they had salmon and berries and all of that. And uh, then, you know, white people in through their colonialist activities tried to make something of this land and they struggled for a long, long time. They could not figure out how to settle on this land. It was harsh, harsh land. Um, so eventually they ended up damming the river to create, you know, agricultural irrigation for the land. Wow. They could then start to, you know, grow potatoes and corn and beans and all of that. And so that is primarily what the land is for right now is is agriculture. Um, but, you know, in recent years um, that has evolved a bit. So, um one thing that has happened is that the Bryants, the Vince and Carol Bryant, who own uh, Cave B Winery, they discovered that that land isn't just good for sort of our traditional food, uh, agriculture land, but is also really spectacular land for growing grapes, you know, oh, wow. uh, doing vineyard uh, growth there. And so they bought this huge plot of land. I want to say it's like something like 150 acres of land right on the, um, the Columbia River Gorge. And they started, you know, uh, planting their vineyards and starting their little winery. And then they discovered the acoustics of the place were incredible. So they decided to start an amphitheater right on their property. And, uh, they ended up eventually selling that off. And so I think Live Nation owns that and manages that now, but it is a fully functioning, gorgeous, uh, concert venue that is super, super popular. And then the other thing that's happened out there is, um, Uh, tech companies are starting to Hmm. need land for their data centers. And so they're starting to bring their data centers out to Quincy as well. So we're seeing uh, a bit of diversity start to occur in the use of this land, but it's still, like you mentioned, um, really untouched in a lot of ways. And so even though the development is is starting to happen, um, you can still really enjoy these expansive views that still to this day exist and that are just really gorgeous
1: yeah
2: and, and you can find places to be alone, which I appreciate <laughs> yeah
1: yeah i uh, yeah it's so it it's it's funny because as we again as we drove up, we were like, Where are we and there there seems was seemingly nothing around um but right, you also sort of still see these like hues of activity and life, and you walk through sort of the vineyards and you know you see you know people here and there, and now we we went to um the restaurant and the name is escaping me right now at um what was it called?
2: Tendrils. Which
0: one?
1: Uh at the Tendrils? At, yes, Tendrils. Thank you. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. And it was, you know, amazing and delicious. And um and, and so it it to your point, Carolani, it's it felt like remote enough where we had, you know, time to reflect and think and like reconnect while also still there was plenty of of opportunities to Meet people, hang out, you know, strike up a conversation with somebody at the at the hotel bar. Um, and uh, we just, I mean, we had a we had a fantastic experience. I'm curious where the name Sagecliff's story came from. How did you guys How did you guys come up with that?
0: Yeah, I mean, that was partly that uh, Sagecliff is kind of baked into the winery's branding a little bit. They're they're calling their sort of whole area the Sagecliff Resort. They have, uh, you know, Sage Cliff Drive and, you know, we're on the edge of the cliff. There's a lot of sagebrush, so that's a no brainer. (laughs) But Satori um, is a Buddhist term for uh, sudden enlightenment or brief and sudden enlightenment. And, you know, that's really the feeling that we felt when we were out there. And you have to remember, too, that the first time we experienced this place, there were no cabins there. There were no uh, Scandinavian glass boxes there. It was just land. And we were able to stand on it and sort of envision you know, what it would feel like to have a place there and, uh, and just standing in that land and looking around and, uh, you know, you, you would have a lot of engagement with wildlife, uh, you know, deer and elk and all sorts of beautiful birds. And it's just, it's a way, you know, especially living in the city, when you get out there into nature like that, um, it does give you that, that feeling that you sort of miss when you're just like humming along with society, you know, you get out there and you feel like, Your spirits are lifted and your uh, your troubles are sort of melting away, you know, because you're you're living in the moment. And so that's what we wanted to capture. And, you know, from that moment, we wanted to preserve that. You know, we knew that development was going to occur and and that it could be disruptive, you know, to that landscape and and it could take away from that feeling. And so we wanted to make sure we preserved it in our home.
1: Well, uh, as as a a former guest, I can uh, attest to the fact that you all have done an exceptional job at at doing just that. And you know, it, it's funny, just even you know, sitting where you're sitting, uh, Carolani, or sitting outside, right? It just like it just beckons reflection. Like it just it, it's a reminder that well, you are not the most important thing in this world. Like there is <laughs> so much more going on. And there, you know, uh, it's, you, there's so much out there to <laughs> think about, to, uh, remember and, and it, 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 what my wife and I were talking about this last night, knowing that I would be talking to you guys. And, and the, the thing that we kept coming back to was that this, this space felt like a place where you need, if, and when you're in a moment where you're not sure what to do next, or you're, you're sort of at a crossroads it feels like you would just figure out and find the answer um, <laughs> by, by literally just, like, staring out over the Columbia River Gorge from <laughs> your couch and thinking, oh, okay, yes, path A is the path for, for us to go, right? It, it has that sort of, like, character to it. Like, the charism of, of the home is one of, like, clarity. Um, and... Yeah. Anyways, we we just we it was a very very special opportunity, and you know it's one thing right to have this beautiful glass box and these expansive views, but it's another thing to you know make the place still feel um, special and unique, right? And the the views you know are, are for sure the selling point, but you guys have put so much time and attention into literally every detail in the place. Um, and I want to get to that in just a second, but before I do, I'm, I'm curious, you you visit this land, there's nothing there, right? I imagine this is a big risk, right? It's a, you know, a big investment. Uh, what, what was it specifically that made you guys feel comfortable pulling the trigger, especially when, you know, this is Quincy's this beautiful little area, but you know, there, there's not a ton around yet, right? Like would people actually come here? Like was there any particular moment where, or, or what, what specifically gave you guys the courage to to sign on the dotted line?
2: Well, we were looking for um, an opportunity, an adventure. Um, I had a duplex in Everett that I had been renting long term, and I'd just been putting a lot of love into it and not getting any love out of it, <laughs> and it was it, it was just feeling like a, a chore all the time. Um, and so we wanted to get out of that space. So we, we wanted to get out of that space and into something that gave us joy. Um, so we didn't know what that would be. Um, we were kind of thinking a short-term rental just so that we were more involved. We were thinking a place we want to go, mm. but that other people would also want to go. Um and we didn't know what that would be, and we um we talked to our friends that unlock seattle they um they they do real estate for a lot of our friends, so we were just like checking in with them to see what's what's up what's popping <laughs> and and they they were showing us a few places like in Kent or Tacoma, and I was just like that's not it that's not <laughs> it and They were like well what what about we we have this little Thing going on out in Quincy, and they showed me the development drawings for what this would be, and I was like, uh, "That's it! Tell me about that! Tell us!" About-. We were, we were, we went to lunch with them, and I was like, "Tell us more!" And um, uh, we saw the drawings, and we we're like, "That's exciting!" Wow. Um, so um, they brought me out here. I don't think Laura was able to come initially. And this happened really quickly because they told us these things are selling pretty quick they're really cool um, and so they brought me out to this space and i stood here uh, when it was just rocks and um i was like wow just like the feeling in the land and it was so quiet and i could just you know i could just hear nature and the 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 view of the the river and and i was imagining the amphitheater i was like oh my god it's just so much it's so cool it's so cool And, um, and then I brought Laura out and she was like, yes, 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 yes. And, um, it it was just absolutely everything that we didn't even know we were looking for. You know, it was, it was, it's exciting. It's, um, it's remote. It's, it's near enough to Seattle that we can get here quickly if we need to. It, um, it's new. There's
0: just (laughs) new, Yeah. yeah.
2: The Everett place was just, uh, you know, deconstructing constantly. So um, having brand new construction was very nice. Um, Yeah. And also just like the vineyard. I mean, there's like enough infrastructure that there's cool things going on, but there's enough wilderness that it's like, all right, I can make cool things go on. Yeah.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Oh, yeah. So well said. So well said. I, so was the idea from the get-go uh, to Airbnb it out or did you think about possibly, you know, having a, you know, more traditional sort of like tenant in there or, um, and, and how did you ultimately decide to list it on Airbnb?
0: Uh, yeah, that was because uh, because we had a duplex in Everett. We, uh, in talking with our realtors and our accountant who does our taxes, we learned that it would be a much better deal for us if we bought another rental property. Got it. Um, but we knew we didn't want you know a rental property like the one we'd had, and so it just felt like short-term rental was the better way to go. So we did a ten thirty-one exchange on our old property to get this new one. And uh, turn it into an Airbnb. And I think we kind of all always intended it to go on Airbnb, because it's, to me, the simplest platform that's available, you know, and we could go through a host of other services, we could go through services that do all the services, or we could, you know, it's just too complicated for me, I wanted to go through one uh, I know that Airbnb is the most popular so I felt like we could get what we needed done uh through that platform and I'm really glad we did cuz uh it just it's been actually a really great experience
1: Love it love it So when you walk into this space one of the things that you can't help but notice is that you know music Seems to to be a big part of how you all have designed the space. You know, you've got the gorge amphitheater right there that you've talked about a little bit already, Laura. Um, you guys have guitars hanging and this awesome drawing of of Dolly Parton on the wall. Um, you know, this, this place is also sort of stocked with everything that you would need, uh, to go to a concert, uh, or an event at the amphitheater. So was the, you know, the idea for the space originally to, oh, we want as, as this, you know, uh, amphitheater sort of grows in popularity, people are going to want some place to, to crash, to stay. So did you guys intentionally sort of design the place with the idea that the primary target audience would be, uh, concert attendees and music aficionados, or, uh, what was your thinking there?
2: We definitely expected, um, that there would be concert attendees. Um, and that would be a part of the clientele. We expected that would probably be a large majority of the clientele, but the more time, the more time we spent in the area, the more we realized how, um, many opportunities there are for all kinds of people. Mm. So like, even if there aren't concerts going on, like in COVID um, like there's so much to do out here. There's hunting, there's fishing, there's rock climbing, there's a river to go boating on there. You know, like you can go hiking, you can do whatever. Um, There's all kinds of things that there's an art. There's an arts community. That's really cool. In fact, Mm. Vince from Carol of the vineyard, Um, He's uh, a playwright. So he's putting on plays at the at the vineyard. It's really it's really cool. This whole area is really cool. And we wanted to provide um, an experience for absolutely all of those kinds of people. And we plan for all of those kinds of people. You know, we have beach stuff. We have concert stuff. We make sure you have sunscreen because you probably didn't think of it, but we know you're going to need it. <laughs> you know, we have bug spray because the mosquitoes get popping in the summer. You know, like we really try to um, think about every guest
0: and provide for their any need. <laughs> Yeah. And on the the question about the concerts, you know, there were, there was very little lodging. uh, There still is very little lodging for a venue that holds like, I don't know how many it holds, like 10,000 people or something. Um, So the vast majority of people that are uh, going to concerts there end up camping, Mm. which is not the greatest experience to camp with 10,000 no. of your closest friends. So, uh, and you know, the other option is to drive to Quincy, which is a 25 minute drive away, which you don't want to do after you've been drinking all yeah. night at a concert. Yeah. Right. So, um, to have these units, literally a 12 minute walk away from the venue it was, uh, a real game changer, you know, and now people, these, these units, the second that a Dave Matthews band concert becomes available on our calendar, whether it's one to three years away, somebody's going to book it in the second it becomes available because the, the lodging is just really, really scarce. And, uh, you know, we have something really nice to offer very close to the venue. So we feel so lucky for that.
1: Yeah. And you know, the, the whole area sort of has this, uh, this feeling of, of sort of being this like, you know, mini Coachella. It's it's uh it's you know I I would I've never actually been to Coachella, but my brother who's a who's very much into music goes to all the concerts, um, goes to all the festivals, right? And he's you know of course sends lots of photos, and I couldn't help but thinking, oh wow, like this this is this is the next you know people are going to be staying or are going to need places to stay after after these events, and um you know what a what a fantastic sort of. Uh, operation that, that you will have going on. And it just, it all just makes sense. Um, and, and to your point, Carolani, of just like how much there is to, to do in the area. Like we, you know, we w- went on a, a run. It was actually like really hot the, the weekend that, that we were there. Um, so we didn't run too long, but, um, you know, we were just, we were just amazed about like, Oh wow, you can walk around. We, we went into Quincy once, but then other than that, like we had everything that we needed in part, thanks to you all, um, for doing some shopping for us, which was, which was amazing ahead of time. But um, it, it really, it, it felt much, it felt like, you know what it felt like? It felt like uh, all the great things about a resort without all the bad things that like a, a resort, <laughs> like an all-inclusive resort comes with, right? Like you still have right. your own space. You have your own view, right? There are other cabinets around, other units around, but you don't really run into people. Um, and you have all the the great amenities that a resort offers. There's a beautiful, like an incredible restaurant, like eight minute walk away, Right. Um, but then you can come and you can grill, right? Like at, at your all's place, uh, for, for a night. And so it, it was just, it just made a lot of sense. And it really, what I, what it got us thinking about is like, Ooh, I really hope this place like really stays special. Right. And like, doesn't become like crazy because it's the character is, is just wonderfully unique. Um, I'm curious, what was it like, you know, we were, we obviously came during COVID and so, you know, things were, were, uh, uh, notice, you know, noticeably different, but like, what was it like pre COVID? Was it, was it, was there a lot more, you know, buzz happening? Or, like, I guess the gore, the amphitheater has only been around for a couple of years, right? So it's all still fairly new.
0: The amphitheater has been around for some time, actually. Okay. I, I believe they started that in the
1: 80s. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, yeah.
0: And I, actually, I, I
2: went to concerts there when growing up.
0: <laughs> oh, my mistake. Yeah, my mistake. I okay. Went to, uh, yeah. Carolani and I went to uh, Sasquatch, which actually was sort of our music festival, uh, Coachella esque music festival there. It's no longer uh, in operation now, unfortunately. I believe they're looking for a, a replacement. Uh, music festival but um, we went and saw Bjork and uh, who else played at that concert Arcade. it was Arcade Fire Arcade Fire um, yeah I'm not sure who else Yeah, it was it was a good festival. And so, you know, for many, many years, um, that festival brought a lot of people. And then the Dave Matthews weekend brings like people like crazy. That's a really, really popular one. And then Fish and Grateful Dead tend to tour there quite often. So, you know, it's a pretty active space. Um, The cabins themselves are are, our condo is, you know, only three years old. So and it was disrupted for a year and a half by by COVID. So we were busy you know, and we continue to be busy through COVID. So I expect coming out of COVID as the concert season really ramps up, we're just going to see more and more folks uh, cramming their their way into those cabins. And we also, there's a community being built behind us that's mm. very similar in architecture to ours, but are larger units. So two and three bedroom homes. Um, so there's a little bit more housing, more lodging that'll go in and accommodate some folks, but it's still going to be very, uh, very hard to get <laughs> yeah. during concert weekends.
1: Not a not a bad problem for Airbnb hosts. Um, that's no, exciting. it's a pretty good problem. <laughs> um, I'm curious, Laura. Can you talk to us um, a little bit about the architecture? And you know, I am a, I'm not a design person, so please, you know, correct me here. But um, from what I remember reading. Uh, on your your listing or I think it might have even been in in the guest book or uh, or something but uh, I think like the uh, the style is Olsen kundig is the style of the home or kundig okay uh, wh- yeah yeah can you can you just talk a little bit about that because it, it does have this very distinct feel we you know my wife and I kept calling it you know this like Scandinavian sort of like uh, um uh, ambiance sort of that it, that it off that it gives off but Can you correct me and talk a little bit about like the architecture of the place and and why it's so special and and unique?
0: Yeah, sure. So um, Olson Kundig is an architectural firm in Seattle uh, led by Jim Olson and Tom Kundig, very famous Pacific Northwest architects. And you'll see here in Seattle and throughout Washington, lots of cabins and beautiful homes and commercial spaces that they've designed They're they are now sort of all over the world, though. I mean, their their style really took off um, and largely uh, due to the the press that they were getting for their work. So Carolani mentioned in our conversation earlier that uh, that they were in Dwell magazine a lot. She's the Dwell Hmm. magazine. And so she would see that style a lot in that magazine. You know, they've developed, uh, I think, a children's museum in Berlin. They um, redesigned the Space Needle recently when when it got its little makeover. Uh, Their their work is just ubiquitous in this area. And one of the things that they're really well known for is for um, incorporating their style into the environment that it's in. So uh, one of the things you might not know is that the entire winery is designed by them. That is an early project of theirs. I believe in the mid 80s, they did that. And so their their whole intent was to create sort of these stone uh, buildings that felt like they really fit into the stone side of the the gorge, you know. And so then they um, they took on this new project, the the what they call the cliff houses or not the cliff houses. What are they called? It's the Cave B. Ridge is, was the project name. And uh, so they took that on and, and very similarly tried to design something that worked with the the environment. So if you look at the line of homes that go around, it's, it perfectly matches the line of the environment that goes around the vineyards. Huh. Um, it sort of juts out, you know, so it's sort of pointing toward the river. Um, you'll see that uh, the the line of the view is just in line with the line of the home. I mean, they they really designed it in such a way that it's just in such harmony with its surroundings Um, and so that is what we were really drawn by and that's what the the owners of the winery were really drawn by um, in working with them and they ended up hiring them for that project because they had such great uh, experience in designing the winery with them and I'm really glad that they ended up going that direction because it's it's just a great look for the for the area.
1: Yeah, it feels it really does feel like it is meant to be a part of, you know, the greater the greater surrounding areas. And, you know, when you walk into your place, you throw up the blinds and I mean, you you really it, it is like this glass box and you are you are a part of of nature, a part of the natural surroundings. And the way that the units are sort of like spaced out to you very strategically, obviously, to sort of like maximize the view so that, again, it doesn't feel like you are in a, you know, uh, a, a complex, right. Or, or like a even, it doesn't even really feel like a grouping of condominiums. It really sort of feels like, oh, this is like my special like corner that is also like one with nature. <laughs> um And, right. and, and the, the, the balance that it strikes is just, uh it's hard to, it's hard to even find words because it's so unique and so compelling. And, you know, we've been my wife and I have been privileged to stay in lots of Airbnbs over the last 12 months and some awesome, beautiful places. But I think like what stands out particularly about, about Ural's uh, place is that of all the places we've stayed, it, it's felt you know like the most like camping, while also not being like camping at all. Because like you're, I mean, the the way that you guys have decorated the place, and we'll get into that in just a second, and the furniture and the bed. I mean, everything is like wonderfully like comfortable and um you know ten plus ratings for for every uh, every dish you all have in there, right? Every knife you have in there. Um, but right, what what really does make the place different from anywhere else that we've stayed is that. It it makes you it really does feel like your backyard is the Columbia River Gorge, right? Like you're you are a part of what is happening out there, um, and yet you're safe inside uh, as well. So yeah. that yeah, balance exactly. is wonderful.
2: I love that you said it's like camping. I love that. Um, yeah, that's I love that.
1: <laughs> but 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 not all the bad connotations that uh, that some people might associate with camping of it being you know, buggy and cold or rainy, like it's it's yeah, it's it's the best of both worlds. Oh no,
2: um, yeah, worlds. yeah, because um, people were were calling these condos. I guess they're called condos, but we started calling <laughs> ours a cabin because that's how it feels. Mm. It feels like a a cabin. Yeah, a luxury cabin. Okay, but a cabin. <laughs> so I like that you said it feels like
0: camping because I I agree with you. You're just like you're so you're right in nature. Yeah. Yeah. And you can't ignore too. you know, what we talked about earlier, which is just sort of the harsh nature of the environment there. Like, you know, you have this really comforting, strong home that's sort of protecting you from things like. 50 mile an hour winds sometimes or rattlesnakes or, you know, there are like really serious natural elements out there that do make it feel like you're on an adventure. Yeah. Um, yeah, but you're protected from it by, you know, being able to stay in this, uh, Airbnb.
1: You guys, we, we, have talked a lot about sort of just the, the natural beauty of the surrounding place, the, uh, how neat sort of the amenities that the KV winery offers, but, and all of those things are, are true and great, but, um, you know, none of those things really has a bearing on the interior of the space, right? And the way that you guys have, again, crafted the the experience. I'm um, I'm curious. Can you walk us through a little bit about like, had you guys had either of you done much interior design before, or had you thought about like uh, decorating a space to cultivate some sort of like particular experience, <laughs> or how did you how did you guys learn how to go about doing something that Again, it feels like every every literally like uh, I I think about you know you know what's coming to mind right now is you guys have like a bin of like jackrabbit like feed or something right like above <laughs> the, and, it's, like, you, and like like water bottles to take with you it, you you literally th- have thought of of everything so how did you guys go about doing this what was your process like
2: well everywhere we go <laughs> we're constantly talking about. Oh, it would be so great if they had this or this and this, right? Like absolutely everywhere we go, if we're going to a restaurant, an Airbnb, uh, a theme park, you know, like we're constantly thinking what else could make this even better, you know, like, uh, so, (laughs) so that's like, that's the way we just think naturally. So when we got our own space, we just got to come alive with all of those ideas Um, And just, like, get them all out. Sometimes we had too many overwhelming, (laughs) just, just like, just crazy ideas about wanting to, you know, go over the top for people. But, like, um, but we really, it's really important to us to try and, like, exercise that part of our brains because it's, like, just the way we experience the world and Mm. we want to, like, use it for good. (laughs) Yeah, but, I was thinking um, I mean, I went to art I, I went to art school and and Laura's artistic as well. So I think we just both have like an inherent um, you know, design quality. But um it has been really really fun to shop and uh and design for this space. I I I really fell in love with that and honestly, if anyone's out there and they love our space and they need help designing Holler at your girl. <laughs>
0: yeah, I think uh, Carolani and I have a lot of um, you know interests that intersect in a way that just made sense for us to do this all along. Like she, like she said, she has an art background. She was really into reading Dwell magazine, just like it, taking in the architecture. I've always been kind of into like home and garden, you know, magazines and TVs and books and the sort of hospitality side of it. Mm. Um, and also, you know, the the business side of it is another interest of mine too. And then, you know, I have a marketing and communications background. And she's, uh, you know, she's got her art degree that helps like with the the design of the home. And, uh, you know, she's even painted a wall in there for like an art another architectural element. So I think it's like we get to, you know, use all these muscles that we've had for our whole lives in a way that, really comes all together into one project and it makes it sort of endlessly exciting. You know, we, we always have something new to do there because our guests needs change and the environment changes and our needs change. And so we are always um, tinkering with that place. You know, that's why she's out there right now uh, tinkering with the place.
1: (laughs) Was there, I I'm curious and and I'd love for you both to answer this. What is what is your favorite aspect of the place? And and don't say the view because the view is, you know, uh, amazing <laughs> and I think everyone would agree that that sort of takes the cake, but like in terms of um uh piece of furniture or uh mm. photo or, you know, wh- whatever it might be, wh- what what element of the place is like most special yeah. and or most significant to you?
0: Gosh. Okay. That's a tough one. I think I have one. Do you have one? Okay, you go first. Okay.
2: Um, I was first at first I was gonna say, oh, just like the peace that you feel, but I'm gonna give you something more specific. Um, I and I asked for this for Christmas okay. for this place because that's how obsessed I am with this place. Is um I I asked for the swallow mobile. There's five swallows hanging above the bed um in the bedroom and on a mobile and I just love them. I love uh, because um, there's swallows throughout this whole um, landscape, but particularly on the cliffs, which I spend a lot of time out on. I like to walk the dog out on the cliff and, um, and just watch the swallows. I think they're fascinating. They move so fast. And um, the mobile, I love it. I love going from the outside swallows to the inside swallows.
1: (laughs) (laughs) That is a wonderful answer. Love it. Love it. What about you, Laura? Oh, man.
0: I'm still struggling because I feel like everything is so special to me there. I I hate having to pick, but uh, there is one piece of art there that was really special to me uh, by a man named George Jennings. He lives here in Seattle. um, And we happened to live just right across the street from the Northwest African-American Museum and went Mm. over there one day for uh, just a little art show that they were doing and found this piece. Uh, It's a a woman who's... uh, got sort of a tribal beautiful hat on it's got orcas on it it's like a duwamish style piece um but she's got you know braids and it's really Uh, flowy and um it, it just it speaks to me as sort of like um, the soul piece of the, the home. It's it's visually a representation of the feeling that I want people to feel there. Hmm. And it's one of the first things you see when you come in because it's the first, it's maybe the first or second piece of art you see when you come in. And so um, I just really like that piece because we got a chance to meet the artists. It really represents what we were trying to go for. And I believe it was the very first piece of art we bought for it as well. Wow. Yep.
1: Fantastic, fantastic answers. Um, I've just got two final questions uh, for you both today. And the first one was around, again, over the past 12 months, I think my wife and I have probably stayed in uh, like 35, maybe 40 Airbnbs. uh, And we have never had a host send us a survey to complete before staying at a place. Um and you I, I was I was sort of caught off guard when uh, I think it was you Laura said hey you, you know would you mind just you know filling out this quick survey for us and I was like a survey before this day that's interesting um and then I realized oh no it was a survey to prepare for this day and you guys asked a, a few questions about you know preferences and and food allergies and whatnot and then we when we arrived we had uh, a. a a fridge that was stocked with a bunch of goodies. It was like my birthday. You guys had a little like welcome birthday basket for me, um, and it just mm-hmm. it felt so above and beyond, um, and and unlike anything that that we had ever experienced. So I'm just curious, where did where did the idea for that come from?
0: Well, uh, well, I don't know if you've ever heard the term food desert, but we have a <laughs> cabin in a yeah. food desert. Yeah. <laughs> The only place that you could really get food at, at the winery, around the winery, is at the uh, fancy restaurant there where you have to have reservations and it's open, you know, certain hours of the day. But uh, otherwise, it's very tough to get uh, access to food unless you want to drive a fair amount of ways to go to a grocery store and cook yourself, you know, and all of that. And I think you know, there's two things that we were motivated by. One was really that sort of customized guest experience. We really wanted people to feel special. I Mm. think that was really our ultimate goal the whole time was making people feel like they, that we care about them in the same way that, uh, you know, Dennis cared about us in Stites. <laughs> and so, um, and showing showing folks that, you know, we recognize that this is a deficit here. We don't have a grocery store. We don't have restaurants uh, for you to access. So let us bring that uh, resource to you. And of course, if we're asking about food, we have to ask, you know, if people have food sensitivities uh, these days because everybody does. So um, that's that's kind of where it came from. Carolina, do you have any uh, <laughs> other do we are there any other thoughts on that one
2: um yeah we just uh when as soon as we started spending time out here we got into some sticky situations being too hangry and being too <laughs> far away from
0: food and like
2: not realizing that there are the very few hours in the day that you can go and get food um and so uh yeah we knew that it was just pretty necessary to stock the food, at least a little bit, just some basics, so that if you if you get stuck for whatever reason, if you can't leave, if you can't take that hour trip and back to the to the store, then um, we, we got you. We can fill your bellies and and get you onto your day.
0: <laughs> yeah, and I think that's particularly important for the concert guests because. Mm. One thing we've learned um, when we're out there is that it's a little bit like Hawaii. Every takes tw- everything takes twice as long as you think it's going to take. Everything moves very slowly. Everything's far away. So if you want to go grocery shopping, you you have to think about, okay, I have to drive 30 minutes to Quincy. It's going to take me 20 minutes to shop. I have to drive 30 minutes back. It's going to take me an hour to cook. You know, you don't want to have to be thinking about all of that when you have a concert that night, you know, and you want to get ready and look cute. So um, we just tried to take away that, that issue for folks.
1: Well, I can attest to the fact that you took the issue away. It was uh, (laughs) everything, everything we needed, everything we needed and more. Um, well, my, my final question is you guys have clearly put so much love into this space and time and, and, you know, I I can imagine, right. The amount of, you know, work and maintenance and and regular, uh, regular effort that needs to continue to be poured into design these, these wonderful experiences for your guests. And I imagine it, you know, is, is a lot, a lot to manage, but, um, if you could open up another airbnb own and operate another airbnb anywhere else in the world where would that airbnb be and why
2: <laughs> Laura and I were uh laughing about this question beforehand we were talking about what we would answer we were both like ah cuz like my mind goes in a million different directions but we're both so practical that it's like but it has to be close enough that we can maintain it. We need to be near enough, like a service structure that we can get, you know, like, oh, it's so practical that it's like hard to dream <laughs> in that way. <laughs> but um, I, my mind goes to like a mountain cabin for like a ski cabin or something, or like a beach cabin, you know, a beach. That's, that's what I would like. What about yeah. you, Laura?
0: Uh, gosh, I don't know. Like, like you said, I mean, we'd have to change our business model to have it too far away, because um, we are are the way we do things doesn't scale well. Like, we we legitimately go out to the cabin probably once a week to make sure that our our hands are on it and wow. that uh, we know that it's up to snuff, you know. And so, uh, I have to take away all those practical aspects. I mean. I'm really drawn to the Southwest for some reason. And so that's Mm. one of the reasons that I was drawn to this area. Um, I grew up in Nevada and in Southern Idaho. So it's very familiar territory for me. So I think I'd want something completely different than that environment. (laughs) Um, And so it would have to, I think it would have to be like a beachy thing, but, you know, maybe like a remote beachy thing.
1: Yeah, yeah. (laughs) <laughs> maybe uh maybe on the island uh off the coast of south carolina you said it was well, the, the name yeah, of the i would end.
0: love that actually yeah. when yeah, we cool. were there that was we were almost trying to talk ourselves into moving out there <laughs> because I you know, know. It's there's like, so many beaches there's so many <laughs> beaches and, and there was nobody out there but us it was incredible
1: well, Laura and Carolani, thank you both so much for sharing a bit of your story and the story behind the Sage Cliff Satori with us. We'll have links to the stay, links to your all's Instagram um, below. So if you're listening, just scroll on down and you can go check out this beautiful cabin uh, for yourself and scroll through the photos and try and snag whatever uh, remaining availability there there might be uh, in the in the coming months. Um, But thank you both just very, very much for one, just setting a remarkable standard for hospitality on the Airbnb platform and for crafting so much more than just a a beautiful space, but a memorable experience. Um, I will cherish those couple of days um, for for years to come and and really do hope that I'm able to make it back there sometime in the near-ish future. Um, but really appreciate you, you both. Uh, thank you for, for your time today. And, uh, if, if folks do want to kind of reach out and and learn a little bit more about your, your story, or if Carolani, if someone's like, Oh, I really, after seeing the photos, they're like, Hey, I need some help designing my place. Uh, what's the best way for them to get in touch with you?
0: Yeah, well, first of all, Um, I just want to say thank you, Zach, for your, your kind words. Um, there, it was really great to host you and, um, I would say that the easiest way is probably on Instagram. We're very visible and accessible on Instagram. Sage Cliff Satori is our uh, account name and it's S-A-G-E-C-L-I-F-F-E. You got to get the two F's and the E there. And then Satori is S-A-T-O-R-I. So um, that's, I think, the easiest way to find us. And you can direct direct message us too.
1: Great. And I'll link that below too. So it's easy for folks to just click on over to Instagram.
0: Awesome. Thank, thank you. you
2: for having us. Thank you for having us, Zach. And and yes, uh, thank you for staying here. It really does bring us so much joy <laughs> to share this place with people and to get that positive feedback. That's w- That's what we love. That's why we work so hard. And I just really appreciate it.
1: Well, it was an honor. And thank you both very much, um, you know, inspired by what you all are doing and uh, what what you're building and look forward to to staying in touch.
0: All right. Thanks so much, Zach. Take care. Take care.
1: at spontaneous.com. Last but certainly not least, I didn't believe in Marie Kondo's whole spark joy mantra until I started podcasting. Now, my joy is sparked every time I see a new subscriber roll in. So please hit that subscribe button so you never miss an episode and so you add a little spark to my joy fire today. Okay, that was kind of weird, but um, we're gonna roll with it. Subscribe um, and thanks in advance. All right, everyone, see you next time.